everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. You know, have you guys ever lost any sunglasses before? That's a terrible thing, isn't it? This past summer, I was in my boat. I have a little 17-foot boat. It's called a Hell's Bay. That's a unique name for a boat, isn't it? A Hell's Bay Marquesas. Anyway, I was out there by myself and I inadvertently, I don't know how this happened, knocked my sunglasses off and they fell in about 15 feet of water. So I'm thinking to myself, well, I can't really see them. I didn't like all the glare and, and all the, the elements, so I thought, I'm just gonna dive and find these glasses. So I kinda knew generally where they were, dove down, and searched the bottom, and sure enough, I came up with my sunglasses and cleaned them off, put them on, and continued throughout my day. Today, we're gonna do that as a church. Uh, We're gonna do that as people from different parts of Dallas-Fort Worth, different parts, probably even different parts of the world as you watch online different uh, locations, different cities, we're going to collectively dive deep and recover our sunglasses, our worldview. We're going to look at this perspective, this panoramic perspective about life that all of us have. As I say often, a worldview is not something we talk about a lot. I mean, I doubt over morning coffee you were going, honey, tell me again about your worldview. And it just doesn't happen. We all have a worldview. We either drift into a worldview or we're very intentional about a worldview or we might say, okay, I have certain aspects of my life, that's my worldview, but then other aspects maybe don't reflect a consistent worldview. You have in your hand a sermon map. Wave it, everyone wave it. I'm talking about even downtown Dallas. I'm talking about Frisco, I'm talking about Fort Worth, I'm talking about East Texas, I'm talking about our prison campuses, you wave at other places, other faces wave it. All right, we are going to take a, a crash course, hopefully a master class in a world view because we live in a world that is being washed each and every day by something called wokeism. We're hitting wave after wave of wokeism. I throw that phrase out, throw that term out. You're like, okay, what in the world is wokeism? Wokeism is difficult to define. It's like nailing ice cream, I said last time, to the wall. It's very, very complex, and I've been studying a lot about it. I've been reading a lot of smart people who actually wax eloquently on the subject, and and I've I've come up with, with some things about wokeism that I didn't know, yet, As a Christ follower, many here are Christ followers, some of you aren't, as a Christ follower, I've discovered, check this out, that wokeism is anti-gospel. In other words, wokeism is against God, it's contrary to the things of God at every turn. Now, I know that's a big statement. I know some of you are like, wow, I mean, at every turn? I mean, yeah, there's some kernels of truth in wokeism, There's some good stuff in it, but I'm talking about the overall vibe is a satanic, seductive, covert, 
and overt ideology. Now, I, I Googled woke, what it means to be woke, and I told you this last time, but just check out, check out this. This is on the, on the World Wide Web. Someone who's woke is someone who is aware of and actively attentive to important facts and issues, especially issues of racial and social justice. Well, at first, at first read, I'm like, I'm woke. <laughs> I mean, that's me. I'm against anything that reeks of racism. I'm, I'm, I'm all about justice, but here's the thing about wokeism that you'll discover. Like any false religion, like any cult, it has unique vision, unique vocabulary words, and unique values. In other words, words that sound cool and copacetic to you and me, it's like, oh yeah, social justice, that's, a, that's my life. Uh, I'm against racism, so am I. Well, get them to define the terms and read about the people who are proponents of wokeism and what they say and what they do. And it's like, you have got to be kidding me. Now, some of you here are anti-woke. I would say you're awake to the things of God. Awesome. Other people here, you'd be like, you know, Ed, I don't really know what I am. I'm kind of straddling the fence. I, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm semi-woke. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a person with, with the sort of some aspects of a Christian worldview, but I, I still, you know, I, I want that social justice and, and I'm against racism and all that. Others here, you would go, I'm woke, I'm woke. We have all different people here, all different folks represented. I want you just to take a deep breath and think with me. Because whenever you talk about a worldview, we've gotta think how we think. And if we're not intentional about our worldview, a worldview will surround us and confound us and we will adopt it. And that's what's happening with this woke view, this, this, this world of woke. So let's dive down deep, put on some glasses, and I think our perspectives uh, are gonna change and we're gonna see the importance of worldview. Here's my definition after all of this study about, about what it means to be woke. You'll, you'll see it on your outline. It's an authoritarian worldview that seeks to deconstruct the foundations of our Christian culture by overwhelming, overpowering, and overthrowing those who do not adhere to its ideology. That's it. When you think about wokeism, think about moral superiority. The wokers say, I'm woke. My eyes are open, yours aren't. Think, it out, think about reductionism. In wokeism, they're reducing you and me to just the color of our skin, which basically there's a 0.012 difference in the color and the melanin in our skins anyway, which is a joke. I'm sure you know that race is a man-made construct. Also, they reduce us to gender and they reduce us to, to our sexual orientation. So, so that's what wokeism is in a nutshell. It's, it's like drinking, I like to say, a marxerita. A marxerita is made up, and you'll see it on your outline, of socialism. It's made up of 
critical theory, specifically critical race theory, which came out of the Harvard Law School in the 1970s, and it's made up of postmodernism. And then you got a little squeeze of, 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 of Freud and Nietzsche and Marx, and then you mix it all together, and our country is wasted away, wasted away again, and Jimmy Buffett, Mark Saritaville. Have you guys ever met Jimmy Buffett before? I haven't. You have? You know, one time I met his pilot in Florida. I was talking to this guy, he's like, uh, I'm a pilot. I go, really? He goes, yeah. I said, well, are, are you like a, you know, American Airlines? He goes, no, 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 private. Hmm, I said, he goes, uh, I really worked for one guy and I had to ask him who. He said, wasted away again in Margaritaville. Anyway, Mark Saritaville, that's my. Also, you know, Jimmy Buffett loves fly fishing. I love fly fishing, a little unique facts about him. He started in Key West. I know a lot of friends in Florida who know him. See, I'm ADD, I started thinking about that and that guy's made a squillion dollars. Does he understand marketing or what? I'll tell you who understood marketing, Karl Marx. Karl Marx was not necessarily the brightest person out there, but Karl Marx, as you study him, was brilliant at psychology. Karl Marx understood that there's always an element of society who was envious and who felt like they got the short end of the stick. So he played off that resentment. Karl Marx, you can write one word over his big, ugly face, envy. He's all about envy, Karl Marx. Envy, 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 envy. Marxism, envy. Yeah, I understand you've got the bourgeoisie and the proletariat, and we say things are bougie today. That's, that's Marxist, that's Marxaritaville language. There's, there's the oppressed and the oppressor, and it's always the oppressor's fault. I'm not taking responsibility for my life, it's their fault. So Karl Marx, right, envy. Frederick Nietzsche, and these cats lived in the 1800s, 1900s, the low 1900s. Frederick Nietzsche, right, pride, envy and pride. Pride, the forerunner of all sin. Nietzsche was all about power, power. Nietzsche said, God is dead. Nietzsche said, you know, life is absurd, so just go for it. We're educated apes, we're advanced algae, we're dogs in heat, that's kind of what he said. And then we have Sigmund Freud, right, pleasure. The reason we are struggling and fighting the sexualization of children is because of Sigmund Freud. Freud said everything is sex, 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 sex. And, and that's one of the reasons why we are in this, this particular situation we are today. What is fascinating about what I just told you, I mean, think about this. Those, those sins, envy, pride, sexual immorality, which Freud was all about, those are some of the three prominent sins committed by the enemy, I'm talking about Satan. Think about, for example, the devil in the heavenlies. You know, before he became the devil, he was the head worship leader. What did he do? He struggled with envy. He tried to usurp God. What did he struggle with? Pride. He tried to usurp God. 
What did he struggle with? What did he tempt Adam and Eve over? All about pleasure. Man, you can have pleasure. He attacked their emotions. If you'll just turn your back on God and eat the fruit, you can become like God. Isn't that interesting? The wokers talk about racism, they're racist. The wokers talk about injustice, they're about all injustice. They talk about intolerance, they're intolerant. So usually whenever you see a woker, what they point out is who they are. But see, I understand it because if you look at human history, let's start AD 400 to 1600. You've got basically man looking up at the transcendence of God. You have man believing in universal objective truth. From 1600 until 1960, roughly, you have the, the, you have the modern phase. You got the pre-modern phase, the one I just talked to you about. Then you have the modern phase. The modern phase, you had man looking outside himself for answers. Then you had the postmodern phase, and the postmodern phase, you'll see it on your outline, is all about man looking within himself. So it gets more and more twisted. When I look within myself, I'm staring at the dark, slimy, ugly waters of depravity. So this is the best we have away from God. Wokeism. I, I totally get it. And you can see wokeism has hijacked some of these beautiful things from Christianity. Compassion. Sex. Uniquely being made man or woman. I mean, if you told me 10 years ago that the most controversial statement I can make today would be this. A man has male parts and a woman has female parts. And marriage is for a man and a woman. If you would have told me 10 years ago, Ed, man, you better not say that. You might be canceled off all of your social media platforms. It's, it's insanity. It's insanity. And the reason we don't see it as insanity is because... We're in our little boats and our glasses are gone. They're at the bottom of the body of water we find ourselves in. It's time that we recover it. What do we do? We adopt a God-centric worldview. There's really only one worldview. That's Jesus. That's, that's, that's it. I mean, yeah. I could argue that the other worldview, and I guess I could do this, would be paganism. And basically, wokeism is neo-paganism, neo being new, that's what it is. It's just, it's just paganism. It's, it's, it's all about turning away from the transcendence of God, turning away from this and that, and looking within ourselves. Uh, a worldview is like an HVAC system do you, do you, I'm sure most of us have those. You know, the other day I was talking to the head of our facilities and I said, how much does our HVAC system cost here? He's looked at me and he goes, millions. I go, wait a minute, 
Because I don't think about it, do you? I, mean, I don't think about, wow, it feels so good in here, Fellowship Church. It costs millions. And he goes, yeah, the other day, one of our units ran out. I'm like, don't even tell me, I don't wanna hear it. <laughs> and then he talked about the filtering system, the complex filtering system that takes away the contaminants and pollutants. And I'm thinking, that's worldview. That's worldview. Our worldview, a biblical worldview, is like a holy HVAC system. And here's what it looks like. You'll see it on your outlines. The Bible says to us in Colossians 2, 8 through 10, see to it that no one takes you captive. That means no one through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. Now, I understand wokeism is all over the place, but also too, if you study your history, Christians dealt with crazy stuff like this and we have dealt with whacked out stuff like this for thousands and thousands of years. I mean, a great illustration is, look at Rome and, 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 and all that and their persecution of Christians and how they were totally off the reservation and on and on and on. But there are benefits to a Christian worldview, benefits. Sometimes people say, Ed, okay, why are you a Christian? And as I said last time, I'm a Christian because, uh, well, the worldview is one of the reasons. Well, why the worldview? Why is this the best worldview? Number one, there's logical consistency. It's logical, the biblical worldview. Number two, you have empirical adequacy. You have empirical evidence that you can stack up the historicity of the Bible, just the witnesses and the testimonies of people in life change, the emerging church, on and on and on. Also, you have existential relevancy. Christianity, the Christian worldview, answers the major questions. Why am I here? Where am I going? What's the meaning of life? That's why, one of the reasons, that I am a Christian. I've been talking about eyes a lot because I got all these new glasses. You don't have a sty on my eye right now. So don't shake my hand. Where do you get styes from anyway? Cats? Because we have a cat. Where, where do you get them from? Bacteria. Okay, bacteria. Anyway, I've been talking about eyes a lot. If you get a tight shot, look at this. This is gross. Look. You see it? See that? Brutal. You know your retina sees things upside down? Did you know that? If it was just up to your retina, everything is upside down. But it kind of filters through your brain, and your brain, your mind, turns it right side up. That's what a biblical worldview does. That's why I understand why the wokers don't understand. Let me say that again. That's why I understand why the wokers don't understand. They're seeing everything upside down. I mean, what was once berated is now celebrated. And now things that, are, that used to be berated are, are celebrated, aren't they? What's right is wrong and wrong is right. Five aspects of a worldview to see things right side up. Let's talk about identity, identity. Now, in the left column, you'll have the wokers. In the right column, you'll have those who, who would have a Christian worldview. The woke says, as far as our identity, the woke is about being a victim. I'm a victim. Go back to Marx. I'm a victim. I'm oppressed. Go back to the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve. I'm a victim. It was the woman's fault, Adam said. The woman said, no, it was the snake's fault. 
I just blame. I, I don't want to take responsibility for stuff. Do you? No, you don't. That's tough to do that. But, but, but as, as a woker, they're always pointing the finger at other people and other entities. And if you're a part of the, the Caucasian group, you can never, ever have forgiveness for your sins. Ever. Ever. When God made us, he made us as one. He didn't make races. He did not make races. We're one. We're one. Now, obviously, we come from different cultures and due to melanin and things like that, we're unique and different, but you mean my identity is gonna be because I'm a, I'm a victim? You gotta be kidding me, I'm more than that. As a Christian, I'm in Christ. So again, to a woker, it's just the melanin in my skin, it's just my gender and my sexual orientation. But as a believer, man, read Galatians 4, 7. I'm God's child. He's made me an heir. I'm unique. I'm one of a kind. Remember, I have potential only because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. So I'm not going to let someone limit me by just the color of my skin, my body parts, and my sexual proclivities. Give me a massive break. I am not going to allow that to happen. No one is going to rob you and me of who we are in Jesus. Don't you see this? How satanic this is? Because the devil attacks things that remind him of who he should have been and what he used to be. So we have thoughts. Yeah, we have, we have, can't hardly read now, my, my eyes so messed up. <laughs> the woke victimhood, the Christian is in Christ. How about thoughts? We have what, 50,000 thoughts a day, some of us? It's a lot of thoughts. What do you do with your thoughts? I read a study by the National Science Foundation said that 80% of our thoughts are negative. That's bad, isn't it? And 95% are reoccurring, our thoughts, thoughts, thoughts. What do we do with thoughts? Thoughts. We put them through this holy HVAC system. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse five, the Bible says that we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take, say it with me, we take what? Captive. Captive, right. Every thought to make it obedience to Christ. So I have thoughts, you have thoughts. Some are positive, some are negative. Some are pure, some are impure. Guys, let me talk to you. When I have an impure thought, I do. You, you will too. What do you do with the thought? Do you say, okay, Jesus, take it captive? Do you say, I'm gonna concentrate on things that are beautiful and noble and true, the things that produce the fruits of the Spirit? 
Or am I gonna go, wow, I like that thought and I'm gonna give more and more art supplies to the enemy to paint a beautiful picture of that. See, that's where, that's where we get in trouble. That's, that's just kind of some things that I'm talking about. Also thoughts, students that, that, that people will put into your mind in school, thoughts that professors will put into your mind at, at so many communistic colleges. They'll put these thoughts, what are you doing with the thoughts? You either put them through the biblical grid or the humanistic grid. Your thoughts, your thoughts, your thoughts. The battlefield is in your mind. I, I researched yesterday, I don't know why I was doing this, but I started researching spam. And I, and I looked at the top three spam apps. I won't get into that, but some of the spam apps are passive, others are active. The ones that are passive, you have to engage them to you know, search all of your different devices and things and, and they'll give you alerts. But the ones that are active are constantly searching websites and emails and all these other things and they give you and me alerts. And obviously, they keep us from going down those paths and catching those viruses. That's a biblical world view. That's a Christian worldview. It begins with our identity. It segues into our thoughts. And then how about truth? That's the next thing, truth. What is true? Is there such thing as objective, universal truth? Is there such thing as truth that's true all the time? Well, as believers, we believe, we believe in objective truth. As wokers, we believe in subjective truth. Subjective truth. You see, this sounds really sexy. Wokers will say, you know what? What's true to you is true to you, and what's true to me is true to me. As long as we don't hurt each other, everything is cool. Sounds good, but I just made an absurd statement to you. Or the woker will say, there's no such thing as absolute truth. <laughs> well, you've just made a self-refuting world view statement. And the wokers will talk about things and the fact that truth is on a sliding scale, yet they'll walk and they're living out an absolute truth, the law of gravity. And they'll talk about science and what there are 20 different absolute laws in science and physics in effect. I mean, it can go on and on and on. So we believe as believers that Jesus is the truth. We know he is and the truth will set us free. No truth, no freedom, no truth and no freedom. Truth. You see how elemental this is? I mean, if one plus one doesn't equal two every time, our whole world collapses. Think about that for a second. It's pretty deep. <laughs> oh, but there's no such thing as absolute truth, really. Huh. You see how the enemy twists truth? Again, go back to the garden. He twisted truth to Adam and Eve. Did God really say you shouldn't eat the fruit of the tree, he's holding out on you. He's not being truthful. You'll really know truth once you eat the fruit. You'll know good from evil. You'll be like God. Pride 
envy, pleasure, Marx, Nietzsche, Freud. You see how the enemy has used these people to influence us? Everywhere we turn in corporate America, do your research. Corporate America pushed this ball downfield, especially after the 2008 crash. They put pressure on Wall Street, the wokers. You either open your eyes and we'll take care of you, or you close your eyes and we're coming after you. Then these pathetic CEOs who have no leadership qualities whatsoever, they're afraid to stand. They don't even believe half this stuff from the wokers. They're just afraid of losing money. And here we go. They're fearful of the hate. When is someone going to stand flat-footed and say, you know what? We love everybody. We accept everybody. But acceptance does not mean approval and applause for their behavior. And sadly, very few churches are talking about this. Very few pastors are talking about this. Very few worship leaders are talking about this because, oh my gosh, they might cancel me. Hey, I've been canceled. Oh, I have. Oh, they might, they might say bad stuff about me on social media. Join the club. I mean, people might leave the church. They have. But we have a bunch of people coming. Do you realize, do you realize just numerically, Fellowship Church, we've been in one of the best growth phases we've had in like 20 or 30 years. So I, I, cannot, I cannot bow down, nor can you, to the fear of man. And here's, here's what's so funny. God just showed this to me uh, several months ago. I was uh, watching our two-year-old at the time, grandson, Thunder. Is that a great name? Thunder. Thunder. And he'd been playing in the sand and stuff and dirt. Then Lisa gave him a bath. He walked down the steps, had his pajamas on, and he was getting ready to enter the dirt and sand again. And here's what I said, and here's how I said it. Thunder, no, you can't do that because you've just had your bath. He looked at me and he said, you're not being nice. I said, Lisa, isn't that like human beings? We don't like to hear no. You're not being nice. And we've niceified Jesus. Just, you know, we accept everybody, approve of their behavior. Jesus was kind, nice. There's a difference between nice and kindness, you know? It doesn't always feel good to hear no. Whether you're kind or nice when you say it, or if you say no! We have to receive it and we have to deliver it the truth in love. How about feelings? Let's go to feelings. We have, we have truth and there's universal truth. It's true in all times, in all spaces and places. Then we have feelings. Feelings emerge from truth, don't they? 
That's a byproduct. But what does the wokers do? What do the wokers say? The wokers say feelings are central. We, we live in the world today, the, I could call it the, we, we've, we've, we've psychologized, I can't say the word, Psych, psychologized. Yeah, we've psychologized, I have a hard time. We, usually if I have more caffeine. Have you tried my new woke coffee? There's a slash mark, try it. I mean, I designed it. Woke awake coffee. Did you, did you see that advertisement on social media? You gotta try it, it's incredible. I should have had some, I wouldn't have messed that phrase up. The psychologist, the psychologist, I can't say it. Psychologization, now I forgot what I'm talking about, of, <laughs> of human beings. And the wokest, they will put feelings as facts. Oh, I have got to, to say I am a man trapped in a woman's body and if you don't again accept me, I feel this way and applaud me, I feel this way, I might just kill myself. That's what's out there. And then you have intersectionality when it says the more boxes I can check off if I'm a Chinese, lesbian, obviously female or whatever, I have more moral authority than a white girl. It's intersectionality. The more victim status I can check off and, and I feel this way. And then you have people saying, well, I, I identify a woman as a man or, or I identify as a woman and, and using restrooms. And now I know you know that is complete insanity, don't you? I mean, I mean, we, we, we have to understand that. So it doesn't mean we're mean-spirited to people. It just means, hey, that's the deal. Living, living through this HVAC system, living. We either live to glorify ourselves, As I said, you go through pre-modern, modern, post-modern, or we live to glorify God. And glorifying God is reflecting him in everything we do say, touch, and feel. God is the God of glory and we're made to give him glory. So when you go to school, when you're seeing something on social media, when you're watching something on YouTube, when you're reading, when you're discussing something, listen for that worldview because everybody has one. It's my prayer that you would dive deep. I mean, way deep and recover the glasses, the lenses that the Lord has just for you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this great day. I thank you for people like Marlon who have stepped up and served in so many incredible ways. People like Marlon who make fellowship, fellowship. And I pray God that we would all get serious about adopting this Christocentric worldview. That we would say, all right, Lord, I'm ready to see the way you want me to see. Some of you here maybe have never given your life to Christ. You can right now say, Jesus, come into my life. I give you my all. Others here, maybe it's time to recommit your life to the Lord. Others here, you might need prayer or want prayer for something. We would love to pray with you. In the many ways we process and deal with you, and the way God deals with you and me, 
we give this time, Lord, to you. We ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening, and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.